I mean, every year we, you know, we throw out words and, and sometimes, thanks, G. Sometimes, you know, we think, is, is, is there reality in what we're throwing out there? You know, it's a year of, of, of increase. It's a year of, of whatever. And then we get to the end of the year and sometimes you go, well, did we see the increase? Did we see whatever it was that was said it's going to be a year of? But I'm, but I'm going to throw something out to you that I believe is from the Holy Spirit. Carrie and I were talking about it the other day. She, and I, the, the thing that the Lord spoke to me, he says, I want you to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I went, okay, I love that. That's awesome. Because I believe God's saying it's a year for the church to be empowered, even though we have been. It's a year to uh, grab a hold of what we've had and use it. Versus knowing what we have and kind of moving with it, kind of just down the lazy river. God's saying, I want you to start rowing. I want you to increase the flow. I want you to be purposeful every day. And, and then I said, okay, that's great, Lord. And, and I, I started laying out some scriptures. And he says, no, 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 here's where we're going. We're going to Revelation chapter 2. Okay. So turn to Revelation chapter 2. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. But isn't this the seven churches? Yes. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your work, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know your... How do you test an apostle and find him to be false without the Holy Spirit, without discerning, without engaging the Spirit of God who fills us to know if what we're being taught and what we're being, what's being spoken to us is truth. Not just sounding good, not just tickling our ears, but what God's saying. And God says, good job, guys. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you. You have, not, you have abandoned your love. You had it first. Uh, what? You're living every day just as, instead of intentionally. Just as whatever comes along, instead of being intentional. Like Carrie said, what is this year? What are, what are, what are we seeking? Are we seeking kingdom things? And he says, I have that against you. You've lost your first love. You've lost that. Wow, God, you're awesome. Every morning, get up and, what are we doing today, Holy Spirit? And you've lost it. He says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstands from its place unless you repent. Yet you have, or yet this you have. You hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an, listen to this, he who has an ear to hear, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. First of all, let me just say one thing. Jesus is walking amongst the seven lampstands. The seven lampstands here in Revelations talk about the churches, so it's proof of his protection, whether they're all 
in with him, whether they've failed in some areas, no matter what's going on, Jesus is protecting you, the church. His protection is there. He's filled you with the Holy Spirit. Now, this church of Ephesus, uh, it's known as the apostolic church. And it represents that time from when the church was established, when Jesus resurrected and, and established the church uh, through about uh, 100 A.D. And it, 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 it represents this time frame in history. And realize portions and part of the, what we see and we read about in this church is still in, we're still engaged with in today. But it's, it, it represents a time frame. The condemnation of this church was they left their first love. It just they, they, they lost their passion for the things of God. But the council was, remember, the early years of love and service. So one of the things that we need to be as a church is we need to be in remembrance of what God has done. We need to be rehearsing our praise reports. We need to constantly be reminding ourselves, do you remember when God did that? you remember when God did that? Not so that we live in the past, so that we remember who God is, how God moves, and what he expects us to continue to flow in. He expects us to continue to flow in the presence of the Lord that produces the power of the Spirit of God that flows through us. Not just for our sake, but for the sake of the world, for the sake of the church. So remember the earliers, Matthew 7, 20. Thus you'll, be rec you'll recognize them by their fruit. John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He says, repent and fall back in love with Jesus. Do it like you did at first. The Nicolaitans, he talked about them. Just let me give you an idea who these uh, wicked guys and gals are. Uh, the word Nico, uh, it's a two-component word. Nico is uh, to conquer or to overthrow. And, and Laos is the people. And realize the Nicolaitans were a tool the enemy used to try to overthrow the people. In, in what way? A, away from God. Overthrow their faith. Overth and that's, the, that's what Satan attacks your faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So one of the things that happens is the enemy comes and begins to attack your faith. And that's what the Nicolaitans did. Uh, they practiced uh, sen uh, sensuality by completely separating the spiritual and the, and the natural. And that then, as far as the people were concerned, allowed them, and here's, here's one of the things in the big tool of the enemy, allowed them to practice sexual immorality. And that's a tool of the enemy. Look at it today. You can't go anywhere on TV without seeing it. It's still a tool that the enemy is using. And the other thing that it, it, it did is it established the uh, ecclesiastical order of rule, that men governed men, not God governing men. That man was in control. So the Nicolaitans said, have free sex, just no covenant, ignore covenant, throw covenant out. And what's the... What's the most valuable thing that we have with God? The covenant that God made with us through the blood of Jesus Christ that Stephen was talking about. And what represents our relationship with God? Marriage. And then fidelity to that marriage. A commitment to the things of God. And an establishment with, with living in, in perfect harmony and, and in... in um, being true, faithful to that covenant. And the Nicolaitan says, no, you don't need that, and you can have free sex because spiritual and physical are separated. Two, two separate issues, and it allowed the people to begin to sin. So he who has an ear to hear, verse 7, 
The church of Ephesus probably had only one Bible. Think about it. At the time that they were, you know, Bibles were handwritten. And some of the letters that Paul was writing were, were not all that old. They had, to repent, they had to depend on the Holy Spirit. Look at Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. To the angel of the church of, Sar, of Smyrna, excuse me, write, the works of the first and the last who died and came to life. Wow. That's so powerful. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you're rich. And the slander of those who say they're Jews and they're not, but they are the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for 10 days you'll have tribulation. Be faithful unto death. <clears throat> for some of us, that's pretty tough to grab. Some of it will be faithful unto death, no matter when and where it comes and how it comes. It doesn't matter. He says, live every day for me. Live every day for me. And I will give you the crown of life. Verse 11, he who has an ear, here it is again, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. So the church of Smyrna then was the persecuted church. And you really see this in the time of history between 100 and 300 A.D. The church was, was incredibly uh, persecuted. The, the council or the co condemnation of this church, there was none. God had no condemnation for this church. The council was, don't fear what you're about to suffer. Be faithful to death. In other words, live for me. The enemy is going to come and bring attacks, and that's not, not changed today. But be faithful. And the challenge, he who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. And listen, what happened in this time was great persecution, great suffering uh, by the church. Um, uh, there were emperors, 10 Roman emperors from 54 to 305 AD, and all tortured and killed Christians. They burned bodies. Uh, they burned sacred writings and letters. They tried to stomp out Christianity. During this time, more than 5 million Christians were martyred, including uh, Justin Martyr, who the name Martyr uh, comes from. And you, you see, uh, they were fed to lions um, in the amphitheaters, crucified, covered with animal skins, and fed to wild dogs or bears, covered with tar set on fire as human torches, boiled in oil, burned at the stake, cut into pieces, filleted, drawn and quartered. And that's just the beginning of how men can torture men because of wickedness. And Smyrna was uh, where Polycarp, Polycarp is, uh, was a lot of his writings are historical that we use. He was one of John's disciples, and he was burned at the stake uh, in Smyrna. But the more the church was persecuted during this time, the stronger they got. The more the enemy came at the church, the stronger they got because they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the church, there was no condemnation to this church. I'm sure they weren't perfect, but there was no condemnation to the church. In Revelation 2, verse 12, uh, we go to the church of Pergamum. The words of him who has a sharp two-edged sword. This is starting with verse 12. Now verse 13. I know, that you're, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, uh, my faithful witness, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. You've had some, you have some there 
who are holding to the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak and put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. Again, that's um, the work of the Nicolaitans, uh, which uh, it says there in verse 15. Therefore, repent. If, I, if not, I will come to you soon and war against them with a sword of my mouth. 17, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To the one who conquers, I'll give some, to be, uh, some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone uh, that no one knows except the one who receives it. Now, realize that uh, uh, when he said food sacrifice to idols, that's not that we go and, and say, oh, look, here's a piece of bread, and I'm going to eat this bread. Oh, that was sacrificed to an idol or meat or whatever it might be. That's not what he's talking about. Something that's sacrificed to idols is we're mixing Christianity with paganism. That's what that means. When you eat food sacrificed to idols, you are, you are taking doctrine that's not godly, and, and, and Jesus is, is the bread of life. The word of God is the bread of life. And if we're taking something that's sacrificed to idols, we're taking something contrary to the word, contrary to truth, and we're applying it to our lives. God says, you can't do that. And again, the sexual immorality thing that the devil uses all the time, you can't do that. So this church of Pergamum was the indulgent church, and it represents the time of 300 to 600 A.D. in the timeline of history. Um, the leadership of the city demanded that all religions combined to avoid problem. Who was that? That was Caesar Constantine. He was, he was Caesar of Rome, and he said, let's take this Christian religion, and let's, let's mingle it with our Roman paganism. That's food sacrifice to idols. And let's come up with a religion that we, all can, that we all can agree on and avoid the conflict uh, that, that we're seeming to have between the church and the state. So, um, Bacchus, the god of sexual indulgency or revelry, and Asclepius the God of healing, both came from Babylon originally until Babylon was overthrown by Rome. Uh, and then uh, that uh, center of religion was moved to Pergamum. And both of those things then began to be implemented into the church. Jesus uh, commended the church for uh, remaining true to him, uh, despite the idolatry and persecution. Uh, the condemnation was they held belief in some of the Nicolaitan teachings and the council was repent. And so here you have the church of, of Pergamum being indulged by the, the government and saying it's okay, and the people looking to the government instead of God for their leader, for their leading. And so the pagan practices introduced into the church during this time uh, included some, uh, some, I'll just give you some, uh, praying for the dead. Uh, making the sign of the cross. Uh, worship of the saints, angels, worship of Mary. Uh, because, of, uh, of course, the Roman uh, religion, uh, mother, uh, you know, mother earth, uh, the women had to be involved. So let's get that involved. The doctrine of purgatory was introduced during this time. Up to this point, there had not been any of these doctrines in the church uh, of Jesus Christ, led by the Holy Spirit at all. Service in Latin, why? So only the educated uh, would understand. That way men could be 
the leaders of men, and men would follow because you do what we say. Why? Because we know better than you. We're more educated. We're smarter. Follow the science, and we'll tell you what the science says. <laughs> we're hearing that today. Uh, and uh, praying directly to Mary was, was part of that things that happened. Um, but the, but the, the Roman religion and the Christian religion were blended together. Also, post-millennialism was introduced during this time. And, and what that said was, we're in the thousand-year reign of Christ, uh, so we're already established in his kingdom, so what we do doesn't matter. It's, it's, we're there. We've arrived to where God wants us to be. So don't question what we're doing. And that was uh, the church of Pergamum. In verse 18, he says, To the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like fire and flame, uh, I know your works, your love, your faith, your servants, your patience, endurance, and that your latter works exceed your first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality. Wow, there it is again. And to eat food, sacrifice to idols. There it is again, believing men's doctrines over God's doctrines. Uh, I, I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. And I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and the heart, and I will give to each of you as your works deserve. Wow. But to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold these teachings, who have not uh, learned, the, uh, learned what some call the deep things of Satan, I say to you, I do not lay on you. A... Getting the nice glare. Uh, I say to you, and I, I do not uh, lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast to what I have said, or what I have. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works, uh, works uh, until the end. To him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And when earthen pots are broken into pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear. Ready for this? What the Spirit says to the churches. So the third church of Thyatira was a pagan church. In, a, in, a, in its uh, start, the time period was about 600 A.D., and it's still existing today. And it's going to run through the tribulation. This was the time it was brought in was the Dark Ages. The city of Thyatira was founded by Alexander the Great about 300 years before Jesus. It was a wealthy city in Macedonia. But Jesus commends them for their love, their faith, and their service, uh, and, their con and, uh, and uh, continuing to do more. But the condemnation, you tolerated the woman Jezebel. In other words, you, you tolerated the breaking of covenant. You tolerated the false doctrines that led people astray. Here it is again. Here it is again. We see that today. Hasn't changed. Same, the same MO of the enemy. So the practice of sexual immorality, um, they were told sexual perversion was okay. And again, food sacrifice to idol, the union of the church and, and, the, and, and the world. During this period, there's even more things that are introduced. Pope Boniface, the first pope, uh, Boniface III, was in, uh, first put in 607 A.D. 
uh, and kissing of the Pope's foot was established. Uh, worship of images and statues, the use of holy water, canonizing dead saints, fasting on Friday during Lent, priests forbidden to marry, the use of prayer beads, the Inquisition, the bread and juice become the real body and the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's uh, transubstantiation. We just drank juice and ate a little dry wafer. We did it in remembrance of the blood and the body of Jesus. It didn't become that. Right? Uh, only priests were allowed to read the Bible. Communion forbidden to ordinary people. The apocryphal books added to the Catholic Bible. Mary was claimed to have uh, been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Pope was considered sinless and perfect. And Mary, like Jesus, was taken and raptured into heaven. And he says, I will give to each of you as your works deserve. Romans 6 says, that for the wages of sin is death. That still happens. Uh, but he says, I'll give you authority. The faithful will rule and reign with Christ during the millennium. He's the morning star, the light that represents enlightenment of the word of God and understanding. And that comes through our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have to walk in an everyday awareness of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. We have to. I have eight minutes and 41 seconds. And this is promised to the overcomer. Man. You guys want a whole teaching of the book of Revelation in 13 minutes? I can't, I can't do it. I can't turn my page either. Okay, let's go to Revelation chapter 3. Yeah, Revelation 3. To the angel of the church of Sardis write this. And he goes on and he, he says, uh, I know your works. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Ouch. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is, a, and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. And he goes on in verse 6. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And there it is again. So the church of Sardis who was known as the dead church. Look at the time frame of this. This is 1500 through the tribulation is what the time uh, uh, frame of uh, that the church of Sardis represents. So it's the part of this church is still in existence today. You know any dead churches? Of course we do. And Jesus said that's the condemnation. You think you're alive, but you're dead. I found your deeds incomplete. They're not done. So uh, the early Reformation church had a reputation of, of rebelling against the Catholic church. Realize uh, the, 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 the church before this was basically Roman Catholic, which Rome took Christianity and combined it together to create uh, a form of, of Roman Catholic, Catholicism that we know today, um, but was what was the church back then. And then Martin Luther has his epiphany, and here's the time of Reformation uh, and, and rebelling against the Catholic Church and was the radical thinking that, ready for this, that we're saved by faith. It was radical. It was radical. And that's why Jesus said, you have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Why? Because the movement was strong when Martin Luther was alive. But when Martin Luther died, here's what happened. They said, man, who's going to lead us? And guess who took over? Oh, the government. The church gave way to the leading of the government. And pretty soon you find the Lutheran church becoming the church of Germany. 
and, and, and the government totally took a hold of the movement of God and thwarted it. And here this movement that started out great in Reformation, and, but it's still, parts of it are still alive and still working. Obviously, we're part of that, but you see it, it was lost. He says, I know your deeds are not complete. The Reformation uh, church developed as a result of the church, church's pagan doctrines. Uh, uh, I just said that wrong. The, the Reformation church developed... Uh, as a result of, the, of what was happening, because they rebelled against that, they said, that's wrong. Romans uh, 1.17 is where one of the key scriptures for Luther. For, it is, or for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous and the just shall live by faith. And so that was established during the time of Reformation. The council was wake up, wake up, strengthen what remains. Remember what you've heard. Obey it. Repent. Because I'm coming like a thief. Do you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying? The next church, in 7 through 13, was the angel of the church of Philadelphia right? And in verse 13, he says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, the Holy Spirit needs to be engaged in everyday life, in the church, in our lives. Church of Philadelphia, you can read this on your own. We just don't have the time. Church of Philadelphia was the church Christ loved, is how they're known. And it represents a time period from about 1750 to the rapture of the church. Philadelphia was located in Greek, in the center of the Greek civilization. And it was a center point, a strong city in, in Christian faith until about 1500 A.D. when the Turks conquered it. And Philadelphia means brotherly love. It was established to that. Jesus reveals part of his nature to Philadelphia. Holy one, I'm a true one. He who has the keys to the kingdom, or the keys of David. Uh, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. That's the keys of David. Uh, what he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. Uh, and, and let me just share one other little cool part of history with this. England was very much involved in this, in this movement of the church. And they began to finance all sorts of mission work around the world. And they began to write Bibles in, in all the languages of the, of the nations they went to. And, and they went to, uh, you know, obviously Africa and China, Japan, Korea, India, South America, the Pacific Islands, uh, and, you know, and of course North America as well. And began to establish righteousness. And guess what God did because of that? They were not a perfect nation. But they were, they were cooperating with the Spirit of God in preaching the gospel throughout the world. And God blessed them. And God prospered them. And England, at one time, was the nation, and in, in in it was said, the sun never sets on the British Empire. Why? Because they had influence all the way around the world, and that was from God. The wealth and the riches and the blessing of cooperating with the kingdom was upon England, the richest nation of the world for, for quite a few decades, because of what they were doing with the gospel. And they were cooperating with the Holy Spirit, I mean, not everybody, and the government itself wasn't, but what I'm saying is they were, they were in agreement, and the leadership of England at this time was all in favor 
of the gospel being preached, and God blessed them. Um, there was no condemnation to this church. Um, and and he, God's promise in, in, uh, was uh, in verse 10 uh, of the scripture there. Basically, uh, the world would uh, experience great tribulation, but the church would be preserved. You know what that means? The church will be raptured. Where the church will be taken out. So God promised to the church of Philadelphia is that they're going to be raptured from the earth. But this was uh, uh, Christ's challenge to the church. A pillar refers to stability. We have stability only in Christ. The writing of the name of God uh, on us means that we're identified with Christ, which entitles us to be part of God's new heaven and new earth. And that's talked about in Revelation 21 and 22. I also write on him a new name, Revelation 22, three and, or, yeah, 22 verses. I think it's 3 and 4. And so here you have this church of Philadelphia that God, that God says, this is, the, this is the blessing. This is the way I want it to run. Revelation, then chapter 3, you go to the church of Laodicea. And the church of Laodicea is the apostate church or the people's church. And it starts at about 1900, and it's going to run through the tribulation. Uh, apostate means to desert, one's, to desert your faith. God calls, he calls it nauseating. He calls it lukewarm. He said, I would rather you be hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of your mouth. What does that mean, hot or cold? What do you want to be for God? God says you can be either hot or cold. Just don't be lukewarm. That's nauseating. What do you mean either hot or cold? Have you ever had, well, I, can't, I almost can't use it now, but let me use it because it's the way I like it. Coffee hot is good. If you take coffee, heat it. Mmm, good. Lukewarm coffee, yuck. Now, there's people who agree, disagree with that, but bad, lukewarm bad. Coca-Cola, take a Coke right out of the cupboard. Have a glass, lukewarm. Ugh. Put ice in it. Get it cold, and it's good. And Jesus said, here's what he was saying here. I want you to change your environment. I need you to make lukewarm things hot or lukewarm things cold. Change your environment. Be an influencer. How do we do that without the Holy Spirit? We can't. How do we do it without purposely engaging with the Holy Spirit? We cannot. What Carrie was saying earlier with, with, with uh, the communion, or with the uh, offering, thank you, I knew we were doing something when you were talking, is we're going to be engaged. What God, what are you doing? How are you doing it? What's this year bringing? What am I doing? How do I participate with you in your kingdom? How do I become the most effective believer I can be? I got to hear from the Holy Spirit. Because, Mike, you're going to hear some things different than I'm going to hear. Because you're different. Your gifts are different. Your talents are different. The way you think is a little bit different. And God says, yeah, but you're the perfect guy for this, this, and this, and this. And I've given you my spirit to empower you to get it done. Gerald, you're going to think different. You're going to run into different people, meet different people. You think different. You talk different. You sing different. God's going to move you into things and gifts and talents that, that are in you. But they're going to be the kingdom. And they're going to be in unity with what God's doing. 
Because we've heard God, because we're moving with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless when I go, but it's important that I go because when I do, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. Here's the cool thing. The spirit of God is poured out in the believer and non-believer right now. But Jesus told the disciples, he's with you, but he's going to be in you. And then he said to them, later after he's resurrected, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise you've heard of me in John chapter 14. Uh, and even John chapter 15, which is I'm the, the vine and my father's the husbandman and, and you're the branches. Uh, the Holy Spirit has a work of pruning and trimming. Why? Because grapes like to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. The grapevine does. And it grows so much and so far that eventually it can't produce grapes. Why? Because all the nutrition it draws in from its roots are going to stretch out. And God says, Time, sometimes you've got to trim back. The Holy Spirit goes, okay, you're too far. Let's cut that off. Why? I want a big cluster of grapes out of you. Fruit. I want to see fruit from you. And then it's chapter 16 in John. He, he talks about being, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we see in Acts chapter 2 or chapter 1, wait in the upper room until you receive the promise you've heard of me. You're going to receive the Spirit when the Spirit comes on you. He says, you'll be my witness. What does a witness do? A witness produces proof. If you're called as a witness, you're called to produce proof of something. And so here the Holy Spirit comes on you to witness or produce proof of who? What Jesus has done, that communion that we just did. And the Holy Spirit empowers you to do what? Whatever it is that's in front of you to do. Now, the gifts of the Spirit are talked about, and we can read about those in, in Galatians and, and 1 Corinthians and, and, uh, and so on. There's other places. But you can talk about the power gifts of the Spirit, tongues, interpretation, and prophecy, uh, healing, miracles, and, and gifts of faith, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and the spirit, uh, a discerning of spirits. But how do those happen? Because of the Spirit of God that's in you. I can't walk up to somebody and just kind of, maybe you can read their actions, but to discern what's actually going on, you need the Holy Spirit. Man, I got something to tell you, Mike, from the Holy Spirit of God. Here's a word of knowledge that's going to help you. Matt, here's the gift of faith because you need to do something that's beyond you. And, and the, the gifts all come from the Holy Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit's in you, guess what you have access to? All the gifts. You know, there, there's, it talks about, you know, the best gift. What's the best gift? Well, the best gift for Becky, if she's sick, she needs healing or a miracle. A word of knowledge would be good, but let's get her healed. That would be the best gift if that's the thing. Then we'll move another gift that the Lord wants to. But we are intentional. We have to be intentional. So what I want to do and how we're going to end, and I think probably way past time, course we are, um, is, is I want to, why don't you stand up with these? Hallelujah. We're gonna, I'm going to pray that you be filled with the Holy Spirit again. The Holy Spirit, we see in the book of Acts, the disciples filled over and over again with the Holy Spirit. I can, I can point to several times when I was filled with the Holy Spirit again. And sometimes it was like, I remember one time it was like an hour and a half that they had to wait for me. It was a church in, uh, I can't even remember, it was a, it was, uh, we'd taken the bus way back in the early days of Amazing Grace. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I was at the altar and I couldn't move. 
I mean, I said, I'm not going to fall down there praying for people, and they were falling down. I said, I'm not going to do that, God. If I'm going down, you're going to knock me down. And before the ministry even got to me, something took my feet and threw them out beside me this way, and I went down on the ground sideways, and my face is right behind the feet of the person that was standing in front of me, and my feet were out to my left. Just down I went, and I couldn't get off the floor. My, I, my face... Somebody said uh, I wasn't, but my face felt like it was just crunched up, and I couldn't. They said, no, you look normal, because I asked. I said, is my face all distorted? No, you look normal. But I was just feeling the move of God, and, and it was a good feeling. It was good, but it was like, oh, my gosh. I, I was trying to, my flesh was trying to fight it. But it was one of those things that happened that I'll never forget. There were several more occasions where I was filled with the Holy Spirit again, and I would, in that time, Global awakening, some of the impartations we've had where the anointing was so increased. We were we still miracle after miracle. And that's what God wants to do. Fill you again. So for the if you want to be filled again with the Holy Spirit, just raise both hands before the Lord. Okay. If you don't want to be filled again, you don't raise your hands. But if you want to, that'd be awesome. Father, in Jesus' name, you see the hearts and the hands that are lifted before you, Lord God. Father, that they want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit of God. God, that they want to be sensitive to your voice and move in the power, Lord God, that you have for them, God, that they, whatever situation they find themselves in, Lord God, Father, that they would be aware of your presence and your leading in that situation. So fill them, Lord God, with the Holy Spirit. Spirit, descend and fill each one of them again, Lord God. Fill each one of them again, Lord God. Let your power, Lord God, let your presence, let, Father, their awareness, Father, of, of you, of the Holy Spirit, be in them, Lord God. Father, that they might be vessels, Lord God, fit for your use. Father, that they would have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord says, Lord God, as you fill them again, Lord God, with your Holy Spirit. Father, thank you, God, that we'll see, Father, increase, Lord Jesus, in 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 miracles, increase in power, increase in wisdom, increase, Lord God, in, 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 in the godly things in their lives, Father, increase in revelation from the Word of God. Loose your Holy Spirit and fill each one of these, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And I thank you for that. God, now as we go, Father, we go, Father, in your spirit, we go, Lord God, in your love, we go, Lord God, filled with your spirit. Father, making a difference, Lord Jesus, we have ears to hear. And we'll obey, Lord God, as you speak to us. God bless you. We love you. you guys, have a great day. Uh, drive safe on your way home. Amen. If you want prayer for anything else, I want you to come up front. Our prayer team will come make their way this way. We want to lay hands on you, and we want to know uh, how we can uh, be a blessing and, and come into agreement with you. So God bless you all. Love you. Thanks for your patience.
Okay, light man. Can we get some lights, please? I can't see in the dark, Greg. <laughs> but no, I don't like them. But I, do. but I can see better with them on, so thanks. Mine is like popping and crackling. Could you hear mine popping and crackling during worship? Thank you for the awesome lights, Greg. I really appreciate it.